Welcome, welcome to another episode of Dad Can We Talk. I'm your host, Anthony Ray. And I got here today with me what I like to, uh, I say this man here is a Gainesville legend to me. <laughs> uh, in the space that he's in, man, everything that he's doing around the city, this man is making a name for himself. The media mogul himself, man. <laughs> Ardell Roberts, how you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you, man? Man, I'm good, bro. I've been I've been waiting for this one right here, bro. Yeah. So when I tell you, I'm ready to take me some notes <laughs> and learn something today, man, because I, I look at you as a person that, you know, once I realized that you was in this space, I was like, okay. Yeah. I need to uh, I need to get with my boy, man. You yeah. know, like I I really admire everything that you're doing, bro. For real, for nah, real. I appreciate that. Man. Um, I appreciate that. So yeah, I've, I've been waiting for this, but first question, I want to jump right into it, man. Yeah. First question I like to ask on dad, can we talk? Is what re- you, uh, I like to know what was your relationship like with your dad? Um, well, I didn't meet my pops till I was like 14, 15. Wow. Um, so I actually grew up with a thinking of uh, one guy was my father that wasn't yeah and he wasn't really like around um but when i once i met my father it was i mean it was cool we don't have like a that's like a father son yeah you know relationship because when we met we was like it was like i was already kind of coming into manhood growing up kind of fast yeah so i mean we we do have a good rapport though um i do see a lot of like my like him and me yeah um but you know there's no and it's not like it was one of those things where um i had to get over the fact that he was uh that was just meeting him yeah because he didn't know and i didn't know so once we met it was like all right well i mean there's not much raising you got to do at this point you know i just wanted to know who you were i kind of you know i sought him um i just wanted to know who my father was once i realized the, the guy who I thought was my pops wasn't. Wow. So we have like a very, uh, I don't want to say friend, because I still pay him that respect. I don't call him by his first name. You know, yeah. I call him my pops. But, um, you know, it's a little different because I'm, I'm the only sibling out of that side that didn't grow up around him. Yeah. So um, he's cool. I mean, you know, we talk. Yeah. We talk and I'll go check him out. and we watch the games and yeah. you know he, he's funny dude man you know it's yeah. it's i don't really have nothing bad to say you yeah. know what i mean i know a lot of people when you say like oh i met my father late it's like nah it wasn't wasn't one of those things i really can't fault the guy because he didn't know you know yeah. what i mean so once i did meet him you know we just kicked it yeah we, we kick it when yeah. we get together we just kick it you know what i mean it's like yeah. cards um he'll shoot me a random text let me know uh he loved me or tell me happy birthday or you know, he'll comment on my daughter's um, pictures and all that stuff. So, you know, he's prevalent. Yeah. Know, so, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's what's up, man. And, and I like that because I think it's not, I think a lot of people in those situations end up holding, you know, having that animosity. Yeah. And it affects them. Exactly. You know, and that people won't say that. Yeah. And people won't even think that. Mm-hmm. But once you become a father, a lot of times, and you have that animosity toward your father, I think it can affect the way it can affect everything. Honestly, yeah, at the yeah. way I think it can affect your whole life, but especially, you know, uh, your relationship with your own children. Um, once you do have your own, I wanted to actually you know. So since you, since you didn't have that, 
Mm-hmm. Were there uh, any other men that stepped in? Any other role models that you had? Yeah, I have an uncle that lives in Jersey. That yeah. was kind. Of, he doesn't have his like biological kids, so he he's uh, uncle by marriage. Um, so he kind of you know he married my my aunt and her two children, yeah. and became their father at a very young age. Um, so he, I was kind of like the oldest, the son he would want to have. Yeah. If he were to have a son. Yeah. Um, so I would say for the from eighteen to like now, that's been like the primary father figure that I've had. Yeah. But those years growing up, it was always like you know growing up on the east side of town, man. Yeah. I was. You know the thing about growing up like on that side of town is crazy because you always have, you know, a lot of love there. Yeah. So I had some of the some of the dudes who maybe not have been in the best positions financially or. Status-wise, be like, hey, don't do this. Stay out of this. Now, some of the stuff I did, I did anyways. Yeah, but I always had, like, that male presence somewhere. It wasn't, it didn't necessarily have to be, like, a father figure. But it was also, until I got to my uncle, it was, like, dudes would just give me, like, game from men. And I would just kind of pick, pick, yeah. a, you know, take a little from here, take a little from there, and kind of piece it together. Yeah. And, um... My grandmother had me read a lot when I was younger. So when I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten, you know, I was reading the autobiography of like Malcolm X and books on like Martin Luther King and um, uh, Garvey and all these Langston Hughes. So it was like I read a bunch of like point of view, like men type of stuff. That's some real stuff. Yeah. So like, I think I like I got in trouble once at like thirteen, and I had to read uh, the Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah. Like I'm like 13. I'm reading this, <laughs> so like a lot of that stuff was just like ingrained, and that's puberty. So a lot yeah. of that molding that that's <laughs> happened, you know. And I got yeah. got older. So by the time I got to my uncle, when I went up to to New Jersey at 18, 19, it was like, all right. Let's show you about manhood now. Let's show you how to put it all together and connect it. So yeah. um, I would have to say my uncle, who really took me from being like, you know. Uh, a man ish to yeah. a, to a man to like yeah. this is how you act this is how you conduct yourself if you gonna be in the street this is how you conduct yourself if you're gonna be in corporate America this is how you conduct yourself and you know that's that's you know what we do yeah you know, we have that that talk all the time right. yeah yeah see that's that's real so as you as you like you say you know you're 18 19 now and you're mm-hmm. You're coming into your own. What did you go to college? Yeah, yeah. So where where'd you go? All right. So I went to first. I went to Santa Fe for a semester. Okay, that was a wild yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was in the street. Like a lot of people don't know this, but I did have my stint in the street selling yeah. selling weed and yeah. carrying a gun and yeah, you know, because I learned from you know just being around. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was I was starting to like you know feel a bad energy around. I'm big on energy and big on vibes. And I think my grandmother was too. Um, I had an uncle, the uncle that I moved with, um, he was in the streets in the 80s in New York. So he was like in it. Yeah. So I think he kind of noticed that I was kind of trailing that path. And because I'm good at like business and marketing, like it was, I was going to like, yeah, <laughs> and, you know the trajectory yeah. was gonna go high, but we all know that that, only, that ends one or two ways. So he kind of made a deal with me that uh, you know if you kind of if you calm down, if, if I find you a a, a tryout because I was playing basketball at school uh, at PK, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I went up to Jersey, uh, New York, for I think my great-grandmother's funeral. We had a long talk. He was like, I'm going to see what I can do for you. He found me a workout at a junior college, um, school, Passaic County uh, Community College, and I went, man of my word. That's when I ended up moving, yeah. 18, 19. Played there for two years, and then I got recruited to play at Fairleigh Dickinson University. That's okay. uh, in Jersey as well. Yeah. So I played basketball there, and uh, yeah, that was my that's ex, you know my scholastic career. That's yeah. when it stopped because after that, I would try to do no school. Yeah. Man. I yeah. would. <laughs> now education is good, but I'm a firm believer in like you know you can be educated in more than one way. So yeah, yeah, Straight up. yeah. That's real. So. That's real, man. So a little bit out. So you ended up going to the military after that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, tell us about that experience, man. Uh, it was cool. I mean, look, the hardest thing to me about the military was waking up yeah. at the crack of ass, man. God, <laughs> waking up three in the morning, man. And not only that, wait, every, like, I'm a morning person, yeah. right? So, although it sucks, once I'm up, I'm up. Yeah. I may need a nap later, yeah. but I'm up. So, it, you already don't want to be up at three in the morning. You got some, some dude from suburbia. <laughs> crying about being up like bro this is not the worst that it can be um but i met a, a a lot of good people man i got a group of friends now like my brothers i i still talk to to this day um yeah. who are fathers actually um yeah they were fathers before me yeah but you know we still communicate to this day when i'm you know out of town i'll go see him i'll go check him out it was very it taught me a lot i mean i learned a lot of um Skills. Like, I learned how to drive a semi. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I already knew about weapons, so just a different type of weapons, shooting, like, grenade launchers and that boy shooting missiles and, video yeah, stuff. being inside of a tank, all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's, like, the cool stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? But they don't tell you all the BS that comes yeah. with it. So there's a lot of BS that comes with it, man. Uh, I do think, though, um, that it, it helped me, and it helped me kind of uh, solidify like a foundation so that I could be able to do what I'm doing now uh, because it added to the discipline of being an athlete yeah. you know what I mean it was like alright you've been an athlete you, you know you play ball you know you got your regimen or whatever you're trying to work out and, but that's just to play good and look good for the girls and all that Yeah, cool but the military is like this foundation is going to save your life and the man next to you like yeah. so it kind of you know taught me how to take the street mentality mm -hmm. and kind of like polish it. So if you move militant, then you can move a different way. If you gotta, if you don't have a weapon or a gun or whatever, you can have it this way. You know how to clean it, you know how to shoot it, you know how to maneuver with it. Uh, so you just, if you gotta defend yourself, you're not just out here shooting strays or whatever the case may be. Uh, it taught me how to strategize a little bit better too. So, yeah. um, you know, minus the minus the you know they say minus the BS, life's great. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was a great experience. No, I'm never doing it again. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good experience. How long were you in? Uh, six years. Six years. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, you know, we just had Veterans Day just passed. Yeah. So yeah, man, happy Veterans Day. Yeah, appreciate boy. it, man. I got my free meal from BJ's. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So now that we we talked about all of that. Mm -hmm. When was the moment that you found out that you were about to be a father? Whew. All right. So this story is deep. <laughs> so 
uh, when I first moved back to work at um, um, Magic 101.3. Yeah. Um, I moved back. Everything was good. I wasn't having no kids. I was yeah. 29. Yeah, 29. Um, so yeah, you was late in the game. Yeah, yeah doing yeah. my thing. <laughs> um, so I actually go back to Jersey to get my stuff. Yeah. And the good thing about my, my daughter's mom is like we were the best of friends for the longest. You know, we traveled together. Um, <clears throat> you know, we argued. Um, I actually like up north they have these houses where they have like four different apartments in it. So I was living in uh, living with them some of the time. Um, they helped me a lot. You know, which actually helped me start this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you know, when I got up there, we hung out whatever whatever we had a good weekend it was one of those all right you about to move and i'm about to move on with my life kind of thing that's what she was thinking so i was like we're gonna hang out do what we do you know what i mean and then kind of go our separate ways because we kind of just felt like our lives were going in two different directions right mm-hmm. and she's way she's in corporate america so um yeah we was just doing our thing it was a good weekend yeah i uh, came back um, I was dating a girl. I was actually dating a girl here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a month and some change went by because she found out. That was October. She found out November, and she told me. So my first reaction was like, "Oh, <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie." My first reaction was like, "Damn." Yeah. Because we all have our plans of how we want to have kids and want yeah. to get married and the white picket fence and blah yeah. blah blah. And it was rough, man. It was rough because. At first, I just wanted a moment to process. Because it wasn't like, hey, I could be pregnant. Hey, you know, we've been having sex for a certain amount of times. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. It was just like Tuesday. I mean, it was Wednesday. Tuesday, I wasn't a father. Yeah. Wednesday, <laughs> I was going to be a father. It wasn't no, I think I feel weird. I'm going to take a test. It was yeah. just like, nope. Like, this is what it is. So I wanted time to, to process. And my family... Some of the women in my family didn't understand that. Only person who understood was my uncle. Yeah. So he's kind of, we kind of talked to the women in our family, you know, from a man's viewpoint to get them to see clearly. Yeah. Uh, so when they're coming at him for working crazy, then I'm like, well, y'all got to understand what y'all asking. And so when they're coming to him, like, all right, uh, my family calls me Demetrius. So Demetrius <laughs> is bugging out. He'll talk to me first. Yeah. And I'll explain to him my thought process. And because my thought process is a lot like his, he can then articulate to them, y'all need to leave that boy alone, let him process. So at first it was just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Because in my mind, I wasn't nowhere near ready to be a father. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did know for sure, I was not going to not be in my child's life. Straight up. That was not going to be a thing. I just knew for me, I needed to wrap my head around what to do first because I've never I never had a kid so yeah. I didn't know so I'm asking everybody you know yeah. what I mean hey what'd you do when you had your first son what'd you do when you had your so I'm I'm just yeah. you know trying to soak that game yeah bro. that's what I do I, I just ask a bunch of questions get all my get all my answers and all my research and I sit down lay it out on the table and then I prioritize everything so I looked at it more so from a logical standpoint first because as men I don't think a lot of People, not just women, understand this, but we have no emotional ties to the child until it 
we we actually feel it. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know what it's like to be pregnant. So yeah. I don't know the emotions you're going through. Right. You know, I don't know how you're feeling or how you may be thinking. All I know is I need to do everything possible so that if I die uh, or when I die or whatever the case may be, this child is taken care of. Straight up. So I looked at it from that kind of standpoint. So I started putting together life insurance policies, right. um, trust funds, stuff like that. Putting, you know, putting part of my business stuff in her name yeah. so that I can like pay her checks kind of thing, kind of trying to figure out where I'm going to grab money from to send to her mother and whatnot. So, and I was doing all this stuff and I was getting overwhelmed and my uncle kind of pulled me to the side um, and was like, like, bro, like, you're okay. Like, you're not 22 <laughs> or 18. Like, yeah. you're educated. You know, you got, a, you got a decent job. You know, she has a decent job. Y'all going to be all right. I mean, you know, I know the situation is what it is, but y'all don't hate each other. Y'all not at each other's throat. So relax. So once he kind of put that into me, I kind of like, because I'm not a panicked person, yeah. but I was kind of like, yo, this is a kid. Like, I want to yeah. make sure everything is lined up. Um, but as time got on and as everything, the dust kind of settled, I just started thinking about the times I would spend with my daughter, you know, um, and times I didn't have with my father. Um, and actually him being a grandfather as well. So, you know, I... When I found out, it was like, whoa, you know what I mean? But closer to the date, uh, it was more like, all right, like, let's do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, I was never not going to be in my child's life. So, mm -hmm. you just had to, had to take that time to prepare. Yeah, man. I had to take it because I'm a man. Like, yeah. I'm a guy. Like, and I don't think women, a lot of women don't understand that. Like, y'all want us to feel what y'all feel, but we can't. All we can yeah. do is go off. Of, so, a lot of men get emotional. You know, when they propose, because it's what you see, what you feel, like what you touch. A lot of men uh, tear up or cry uh, when the child is born because mm -hmm. it's there. It's it's you yeah. can feel it. You know what I mean? We're All very right. like our senses, like we react off of our senses, especially visual. Yeah. So if we don't feel a child within us, if we don't feel the kick or like in us, right. then it's like I hear you, but I can't fully relate. And because yeah. I can't fully relate, I'm just going to try to be there for you and make sure all of my ducks in a row, at least, yeah. for the child when it's there. And, and what you're saying is so real because I remember the first time it really was real to mm -hmm. me. And, you know, I'm married. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the first time it really just felt real to me was, like, when I felt the baby kick on the stomach. She was like, come on, Sean. She, she, she kicked. Yeah. And when I felt it, I was like. Oh, jump. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really a baby. Yeah. She's like, what else is that? Yeah. Like, hey, like, yeah. like, really? Like, yeah. you know, and just at, in that moment, you know, that's what, 20 weeks in, mm -hmm. you know, by the time you really just, and I'm just like, dang, like, boy, this thing real. Like, yeah. it's really a baby. Yeah. You know, and just, I, I, I'll never forget the, the feeling that I felt just like, dang, you know, like, I, I'm really, like, that's really my baby. Yes. You know, and I'm, you know, so then from that point on, it just, I got, I just got addicted to it, like, man, let me feel the stem of the day, you know, like, yeah. I wanted to feel that, like you're saying, you know, like, that's when I started getting excited, and, you know, but because before then, it's like, okay, we having a baby, and I'm just kind of like, I was in, like, panic mode, yeah. you know, because at the time, I'm working, like, part-time, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm working part-time at UPS, all I'm thinking is, I got to get a full-time job. Got to provide. Man, what? Man, I yeah. was just... 
I'm, I, I was scrambling over here, over there, trying yeah. to do this, trying to do that, because all I knew was, man, I'm gonna have to take care of this baby. Mm-hmm. I know she can't even go to work after this, yeah. you know, for a minute. And that's all my mind was consumed with that every day. Yeah. But until I felt that baby, you know, that's when it really just started getting real to me. And I still, it, it gave me even a more, more of a sense of urgency because I knew that, man, well, that baby coming, boy, yeah. it's, it's at some point the baby is going to be here. So I have to get on my grind. But yeah, what you saying for anybody out there that know, y'all know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I when I really started to get excited because my my daughter and her mother live in Jersey for now, so I really it really really hit me the baby shower. Yeah. So I don't like. Yeah, we. I'm I'm busting my ass grinding now, but I don't yeah. I don't I'm not missing yeah. the days that you know it's supposed to be there. So. Um, I was there like before COVID. I was flying every month. Every month yeah. I would go for a week. Um, but the baby shower, the baby shower came and I got to like see her and feel her, like feel the stomach and like, you know, see how she looked and, you know, the, the sonic, all that, I got to see everything. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like yeah. I started getting excited, you know, it became less about the situation and more about, you know, the arrival of the daughter we were having. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had picked the name out already and, you know. Uh, I was there just when I when I because when I get there I understand I understand at least it's hard for you as a woman to have a child like that's a that's that's one of the most traumatic experiences a body the body can take period right. from a scientific standpoint Straight so up. I knew when I got there I had to do all I'm just in support mode I don't argue much yeah I don't say much um i just all right what this what does this need to be done let's do this you know what i mean what is all right cool i'm gonna do this yep. so i'm building stuff i'm putting stuff together i'm making sure the room is what it's supposed to be um and i the only argument we really got into was because she wasn't communicating to me about my daughter so what i mean by that is uh as a man like i need to learn you know yeah. I, i'm not i'm not perfect yeah. So I think because she was so wrapped up in being like it's one it's, it's one of those things when you are a mother like things just click, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah you can be taught certain things by the older generation, but that connection that you have with your child it just clicks like you just have something that just clicks. We don't got that. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know the difference between a I'm hungry cry or I'm sleepy cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to teach me that. You know. Yeah, so we got into we got into it once, and I had to sit her yeah. down like. This is right after the birth, and not to sit her down like, "Hey, this is if we gonna be a team like we say we are, communicate." I'm not yeah. above you telling me what to do. I, I don't. I can only. Will Smith said a line that was so, so <laughs> profound, bro. He said, "I can only father as long as long as much as you let me allow me to." All right. So, yeah, I get it. Like, this is this cry. This is this cry. But help me. Figure that out, cause you're gonna know more than I'm gonna know. Yeah. And I have no problem, I have no pride, no issue telling you that. Yeah. So show me, you know what I mean? Show me. Now, if he was a boy, that's this a little different. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is a girl. This is something different. You're a woman. She's gonna be a woman. Like, help me in this process, cause we're both first-time parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's it's one of those things where like the baby shower got me super hyped. Yeah, I was hype. Like nobody knew I was hype just because I'm always like even even out. Yeah. But that's when I was starting like, all right, it's coming. 
Like, I don't care what nobody say. I don't care if nobody judge us about the situation. I don't yeah. care about her family, what her family say, what my family say. Straight up. It's her, it's you and I. We've had that talk as well. That, and that's what's great. Like, I can't, you know, my, my child's mother is like, I don't have one of those baby mama drama type of yeah. situations. It's like, you know, she was my best friend. And then she just happened. We're just co-parents now. Yeah. So I get pictures and Snapchats and I FaceTime her. I try to FaceTime her every morning. I, I know, you know, her mother works and I work. So sometimes I got to get up before they do or whatever, or they get up before I do. But 90% of the time, 90% of the week, I FaceTime her in the morning while I get dressed. Yeah. And we talk and, you know, I mean, we just make sure we're on the same kind of same page and all that stuff. So I try to be as, as involved as possible. And then. When COVID lifts, then hopefully we can get her, get them closer. So yeah. And how old is she now? My daughter is. Wait, 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 wait. She's one, but I'm yeah. trying to do the whole. I don't do the month thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I said she yeah. she's one. And they was like, well, when was her birthday? And her birthday is in July. Oh, she's 14 months. Listen, yeah. I ain't doing all that. I just yeah. know she's one. All right, she's one. Her birthday was July. She's actually born on so, my mom's birthday. Yeah. So she about. So she about seventeen or something mm-hmm. in that way. She won. Yeah. Like you yeah, said, she, she won, won, man. That's all, that's all I know, man. Yeah. All I know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know about all that. All I know is she won. And the cool thing is my mom passed um, when I was 11. Yeah. So my daughter is born on my mom's birthday. They, have wow. a, they share the same birthday, which I wow. called it. Nobody wants to give my credit for calling it. Yeah. But when the doctor said she's going to be born in July, I said she's going to be born on my mom's birthday. Wow. Sure enough. Dang, man. So, up until this point, mm-hmm. you know, she's one in some months. You've been a father for, let's say, 16 months. Yeah. <laughs> What's been the most challenging part of fatherhood for these 16 months? Oh, uh, the distance, by yeah. far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the distance by far. Um, I, I love kids already. Yeah. So, I'm good with, uh, like, when I said I, I live with my daughter's mother, so... I was there when, you know, her cousin was two to like, what, seven, eight now. I was there, a 10. I was there when, you know, um, her goddaughter like lived upstairs and I was like there to, you know, see her be raised and help her, help them out with her and babysit and all that. So I'm hands on like, and you know, they'll tell you when I get there, I want to hold her. I want to touch her. I don't care if she's crying. I don't care if none of that. so the distance is the hardest part. Do you ever experience um, separation anxiety? Yeah, I do often because I I I I know she's super young, which is why I'm, which is what eases me in taking the sacrifice and being so far and building what I'm building now. Yeah. So that she'll benefit when she's older. But um, I like I'm I love toddlers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's approaching that toddler stage. So I don't want her to not know who I am, which is why I try to call or, you know, send a Snapchat so she registers my voice or sees my mm-hmm. face and grows with that at least. Because um, she's going to grow up in, you know, yeah. technological world. So yeah. um, it gives me that that anxiety. That's what creates some anxiety. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I make sure that I keep in mind the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, the bigger picture is, all right, cool. It wasn't like I was in Jersey and then left. Because if I would have had her in Jersey while I was living there, I wouldn't have left. There would have been no way possible. Um, but because of the situation, it was just like, all right, cool. She's young, so let me let me scramble, hustle up, build what I'm building now. So when she's five, six, seven, 
and we can really have that daddy daughter time yeah then she knows what's going on she knows daddy's gonna run his own show he she knows what it is and she mm-hmm. can also reap the benefits from that and my child's mother too i, I don't want to just you know not include her because in in the, the next five to ten years you know i plan to be a millionaire you know what yeah. I mean? And at the end of the day, I do want to make sure she got a car that's paid off. You know what I mean? She's not hurting for, for money. And she's a go-getter herself, so she's not going to be mooching off of me or nothing. But just that, you know, peace of mind that, to know that they're okay so that I can travel and do what I got to do. And if she's old enough, I'm going to start taking her with me wherever I go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So That's real. Yeah, that's, that's the only real. thing that really causes some anxiety is the distance. Yeah, and, and the reason I ask that because I three years ago, man, I I had to send my family off, my wife and my two youngest kids. We yeah. were like in a uh, situation where we were like homeless. Yeah. So when they they were gonna go up to Chicago with some of her family mm-hmm. for really we didn't even know how long. It was just like hey until we get we gotta figure it out. Yeah. And bro, listen. I'll never forget, man, like, being at that, that airport and actually seeing them, like, okay, we got to. Yeah, we got Yeah, got, yeah. What? Yeah, it's. Uh, that right there? Yeah, it's man, hard, man. That thing traumatized me, Yeah, bro. it's hard to, uh, like, that's, it's super hard, bro. Like, when I go up there and I got to leave, you know what I mean? Like, one time I had to leave and I think she was asleep and she, so there was no use in, like, putting her in the car. I was yeah. like, damn, like I, and my daughter's mother was tell you, I'll wait till like the, the last like yeah. <laughs> minute to where I may miss the flight. Yeah. And yeah. cause I, I just want to get, soak up everything I can while I'm there. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I mean, at least they, she understands. Yeah. So, yeah. And see at the time, my little baby was, my youngest daughter was. That time she wasn't even one yet. My son was probably the same age as your daughter mm-hmm. right now. My son was, they're about 10 months apart. Okay. So, baby girl was probably like nine, 10 months at the time. Mm-hmm. My son was about, about, yeah, about 15, 16 months. So, I don't, like my little baby, she don't really remember. Yeah. Like, what well, really, she don't remember that. Yeah time at all now my son he still you know he has like he remembers being at the airport and mm-hmm. all that stuff but and he remembers his times up in chicago but my oldest daughter she remembered the whole thing you yeah. know she talked about she was just talking about it the other day <laughs> i remember when we had to take mommy and i'm just like man I ain't trying let's, to let's not remember let's not remember I that baby. i don't really want to think about that <laughs> yeah, man yeah but, i got you yeah that's that, that, that's real man like and that's why i always say i commend i commend men <clears throat> other men that are in, like, I always look at my position like it's, and I always say like, I'm in like the perfect position, you yeah. know, the quote unquote perfect position. Because, you know, I'm with my children every day, you yeah. know? And I think at times I can't, I do take it for granted, you know, that, you know, I'm with my babies literally every single day. Yeah. You know, I wake up and I see them. And at times, you know, when I, I, I'm getting frustrated with them, but I'm like, you know, God always take me back to, but you was crying when they were gone. Yeah. You know, and you know, you you missed them. And there's some other people that would love to be in your position to be here, mm-hmm. you know, with your family. And it just always humbles me to just know that, man, there's somebody else in a position where they would love to be seeing their children every day and have them getting on their nerves 
you know, and doing this and doing that. So yeah, bro, I commend you, bro. That's that, it, that, that's real because I know I know it's a hard thing. Yeah. Like, and for me, I knew mine was temporary. Like mm-hmm. I knew they were coming back. Well, I couldn't really say that, and that's the thing that scared me because I'm like, man, I ain't even got, to, I ain't promised the next day. You yeah. know, I ain't, yeah. you know, and that it used that thing used to mess with my mind. But to know that, you know, I, I'm sure, like in your position, it's like one day, you know, to have that hope. You yeah. know, you do have that hope, like every day, like man, I'm gonna see my baby, you know, on this day or. Mm-hmm. Just having that hope to know I'm a call today and just see her. Yeah, that's a real man. That's well, that's a situation, man. I don't wish on nobody, man. You know, just knowing that you know you you're not in control of it. Yeah, yeah. but it does give you that that extra drive because you know, like I, I'm more than sure that something that drives you every day. Yeah, every it's, day, man, man. Listen, when I wake up and I'm like. Oh, work today and i'm like oh yes i do yeah like you know what i mean because my days when i don't get to see her the day don't go as good and i've noticed that like that's something i've picked up on like i'm not the same you know i mean if i don't get a picture or snapchat or you know facetime or something the day don't go as good and and she can't really like talk back to me of course but just to see her move and you know interact with her mother or her cousins yeah so and her mother used to be like I used to just be watching her. Mother used to be like, you going to say something? I'm like, no, because <laughs> she's not going to like, we're not going to have a conversation. Yeah. I just want to see her. And right. I think once she kind of picked up, okay, he just wants to to see her. Yeah, as I give you so much comfort. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And I, I, and I can, all right, cool. I can get dressed and go do all my right. thing and know that she's good. Yeah. That's real right there, yeah. bro. That's real. All y'all out there listening, man, for every... For every father that that does have their children in the home with man, you if you your child lives in the home with you, yeah, man, cherish every day and every moment because you just never know, yeah, you know. Man, and there's sure. some people that would love to be in your position, man. I can't say that enough. But um, let's move on to. I want to get into this media stuff, man. I want to know about Upside. <laughs> All right. Um, when we take it from the top? Take it from the top. I want to know Woo. what got that started. All right, I so Up South was Up South music at first. Yeah, because you know I remember that. Yeah, remember everybody want to rap. You yeah. know what I mean? So be, being that I used to do that, and I'm I'm actually you know I was actually I am actually good. I was taking it. A friend of mine, um, uh, my boy Who, we've yeah yeah I've known like we we went to school together, so we were on our group chat. And uh, I was like, I'm trying to think of like something to call, you know, a label, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And we all was just talking to me. He was like, well, you live up, you live up north and you're from the south. And what yeah. about up south? And I was yeah. like, at first I was like, man, you trying to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was like, oh, no, you, I got a ring to it. So then I took it. Uh, I put the logo like together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got a. Rough sketch made. That was what twenty. Man. I remember that was a few years ago. I remember seeing that. Yeah, man. Twenty eighteen ish. Yeah, that's when I redid it. But when we this conversation was twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Yeah, up south has been a thing for a minute. Uh, I just didn't understand. I didn't realize the power in it at first. Yeah. Uh, Because I got frustrated. So. The media stuff started because it was supposed to be a label, 
to build a network of people around because I was trying to get interviews and all that. And back then, there weren't no real media outlets. So uh, it was like, all right, let me create something to where I can do it. And that's when it became like Upside Media. That's when that whole thing came about. So I was like, let me create some kind of infrastructure for artists who uh, don't have, you know what I mean? That support system with that media outlet kind of thing. Yeah. So everybody w- want to be a rapper, but I, I've always been a person to go against the grain. That's why I play basketball because all my brothers play football. Yeah. So when I'm seeing everybody trying to rap, I'm like, all right, well, it ain't too many people who doing like, like radio or like media. Let me try to mm-hmm. dip into that and be the one that they all come to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's a, it's a lot of sheep, but if you ever notice, it's only one field they live on. Right. You know what I mean? So I was trying to kind of finagle that. And my uncle, being in that the streets when he was younger, knew a lot of people in the in the industry, um, and he had a media company himself, more so editing and whatnot. And that's why I got my like taste of it because I used to burn CDs for him back in the yeah. day. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I got an internship at um, uh, Kiss ninety eight point seven, which is the sisters. It was the sister station at the time, the Hot ninety seven. They're mm-hmm. the same building. So I got an internship there, and I kind of got exposed to it, and then went off to play basketball, and just kind of just kept, you know, paying attention and looking. And yeah. So Up South stayed on the back burner for a long time while I was hooping, and then, you know, got into the military, uh, started thinking about what I wanted to do, and what really happened was I had a, I got a corporate job yeah. at, in Verizon, and I worked in their marketing department, so... Uh, you ever seen Boomerang? Boomerang. Yeah, the movie with Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was like that. I was like a, a marketing like advisor. Yeah. And I was single, bro. Single. Yeah. I, I just bought a nice little whip. It was like a Chrysler. I think it was a 300, um, the C, the SRT version. Yeah. Um, I had a nice little apartment. You know, every I was like 24, 25 at the time. This was like right after. I, I did like a stint of construction too, like while yeah. I was in the military. And I went to into that, and I was making hand over fist money, bonuses, all that. I'm like, I'm good at this. So I was, I was geared to go marketing. Like, and what happened was, I came in one day. It was the the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. I remember that's like it was yesterday. I came in, and my grandma came up to Jersey to visit for for the uh, for Thanksgiving with my aunt. And I came into the office. And they closed our office down. They said we're shutting your office down because of mismanage- mismanagement of funds from the general manager. So because we don't know who all got the money or who, what was happening, we just got to d- deal with the whole office. Yeah. And I was like, well, dang, y'all could just like take my job like that? And he was <laughs> like, yeah, bro, you, that's this in the contract or in the paperwork. So it was like, we'll give you your severance or you can decide different locations. So they gave me a few. And they gave me Tampa, but I wasn't ready to come back to Florida. Yeah. And they gave me Washington. So when they said Washington, I'm like, oh shit, DC. That's yeah. That's another area because at that time I was trying to live places, trying to experience. Yeah. And it was like, uh, nah, brother. Like Washington's Washington, like Washington State. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm cool on yeah. that. I am all the way good. So, um, I left that, and then I got a real estate license. Yeah. So I I was doing some real estate. 
And what happened was I lucked into selling some some condos for some of the New York Giants. Wow. Yeah, I don't I, listen, man. I got with Keller Williams and I got with um, Al and Sue, which are two older white couple, bro. When I say these folks like notice my potential and as soon as I got my license, I they like pulled me in and was like, Hey, like you're gonna be with us. Like you look like you can be something. Yeah. And they showed me the ropes and I was helping them with their, you know, the technology and they was showing me how to how to do real estate so we flipped a couple of them joints and what what really happened was when it, this is when the transition like actually happened uh, a girl I went to the junior college with was on she's doing an independent radio show in New Jersey yeah and she asked me to come do it she wanted me to do an interview on black men in business so I went and did the interview and we had a great time you know what I mean and the uh, owner of the station was like, anybody tell you got a radio voice? And I was like, nah. I, I was, I, my response was usually when people say you're a man for radio, that means they're calling you ugly. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, bro, but what are you, like, what's on your mind? He's like, well, you know, we would like to have you come back weekly to do a segment like this. So I'm thinking marketing, like, this is great. Like, it can help me get more clients or whatever the case may be. And I just fell in love with it, bro. Like, Every week we was doing it, we was doing it, it was, it was great. I was able, I was still coach. I was coaching as well. So I, yeah. I was coaching AAU and then doing real estate and then doing the radio thing. And then she was like, one of her um, co-hosts quit. She did a morning show, so her co-host quit. She was like, can you do the mornings with me? And I was like, well, yeah, that's fine. And do the mornings and go to the office and go coach. Not a big deal. Yeah. So we, we doing it. And I think what happened was I took the audience from like 300 to like 1500 in like two months. Wow. Yeah. And I had people from here listening because it was an online radio station. So they could download the app, tune in. And I had people calling. Blazer was calling me up. Yeah. Um, Status was calling me up. Like, so they became like regulars on the show. It was like a thing. So the dude was just like, yo, I see what you're doing with marketing. Can you help me with the, uh, you know, running the station, marketing the station? I was like, all right, well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so started doing that, and that's when I learned about podcasts. I learned from, um, damn, what's that man's name? Um, Juan, uh, I can't think of it, bro. It's going to be 3 in the morning, and it's going to pop up. But Juan Epstein. Yeah, nobody really knows. That's when it first started. That's when podcasting first, before Spotify, before SoundCloud, it was just... The, uh, the uh, podcast app on the iPhone, old iPhone. So I'm watching this stuff and I'm listening and I'm like, yo, what is, what is a podcast? And I'm just li- listening and listening. I just hit the thing one day, I was listening. And they were uh, um, Cypher Sounds and, um, damn, what's the other white dude name from uh, Power, I mean, uh, Matt, um, High 97. Um, I'll think about it in a second. Uh, I can see his face. Uh, Peter Rosenberg. Okay. Yeah, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they was doing the podcast. And that's where that whole thing, they, they start, they like, kind of like birthed that. And this dude named, uh, rest, rest in peace, uh, Reggie Jose, Combat Jack. Mm-hmm. So they were like the ones I was listening to. And I was like, what the fuck is a podcast? What is a podcast? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. So I just started paying attention for like a year, bro. I was just like, research podcast on google every day like reading up on this so i'm like oh people pay for studios to like record audio 
So I go to the owner and I'm like, yo, like we should rent out the studio when nobody else is in here because people paying to do podcasts, like for studios. He was like, I don't know about podcasting. What is this podcast mess? Nobody's podcasting, blah, blah, blah. So I, bro, this had to be like a three month, like back and forth. So finally he lost money, like in the station, had to shut the station down. So I bounced from that station to another station where I was executive producing the show and uh, kind of like their DJ. It was really just picking the music to play for them. And um, that guy shut his station out and moved. So then my child's mother was like, well, why don't you just start your own like media company? I'll do what you start with the podcast. And I was like, all right. So my aunt fronted me like 200 bucks and was like, this is all I got. You know what I mean? If I had more, I'd give it to you. But. It's all I got right now. I believe in what you're saying because my aunt and uncle are always like, uh, we'll support anything you say as long as you come with us with conviction and research. Yeah. So I had a year and some change at this point worth of research on podcasting. And I was like, I think this is a good avenue to go into. I researched what I need, the prices and everything. And my aunt was like, here's 200 bucks, figure it out. So I took $200, I went to Amazon, I think I got who, I already had a laptop, so I got two mics, three mics, yeah. for like twenty-five bucks a piece. I bought an audio interface, a little audio interface, and I spent the rest on buying the program to record. Went to YouTube mm-hmm. University and got to work. I took taking notes on how to record, how to edit it. Uh, I had a WordPress um, uh, website, and that's how I started podcasting. Yeah. And at first, it was it was me and two friends I had up there. But they was on some other stuff, coming late, yeah. not showing up. So that was the first installment of like first podcast, like the platform, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And it was a platform because I wanted to have artists or like whoever come on and do interviews. Mm-hmm. So what happened with that was I did a couple of those as well. And what happened was our artists kept like, yo, I can't make it, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So my uncle, this is when I was telling you the garage. My uncle was like, you need a place to record the garage. So we used to, every, I think Tuesday, every Tuesday, we used to deck the garage out. Yeah. Uh, and it get cold, so I had to buy like a, a space heater to heat it up. Yeah. We was in that thing sweating. <laughs> and we was cranking out content, whatever content. So then I met these videographers because I was, net. I'm great at networking. So I was networking, Me, I met a couple of videographers, they came. Then I met two gay people. Yeah. Yeah. One was a DJ. Shout out DJ Amazing Grace. And then um, there was another one. Uh, Johnny, I think his name was. Um, but a lesbian and a gay guy. So we, yeah. I made a show. I produced a show called Two Gays in the Straight. Yeah. But we just got got ratchet. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just went in, and yeah. it was great, man. It was cool. And then one guy, he had some some demons. He had to fight, so he had to taper off, and then. Um, uh, DJ Amazing Grace, she just got like super busy with DJing because she was good at what she was doing. Yeah. Uh, so I had to kind of pause that, and then I started like you know doing the uh, like the music video show with my videographers because one of my co-hosts quit on me like like on the day we were supposed to shoot. So I was like, hey, let's try this idea I have with independent music. Threw that together. So we were just constantly trying stuff, seeing what stick. That's why I was telling you, yeah. it's only been recent that it's been consistent. Yeah. So uh, I was just grabbing content. Uh, I remember doing some stuff with Fabulous, 
Um, right. And getting higher, like, because because my content wasn't sticking, we still had to make some money. So I was like, I'm gonna go out. Since I, I come from sales, I'm gonna go out and get us some work. So we was yeah. getting work, recording stuff, you know what I mean? Putting stuff together for people. Um, just bringing revenue in that way and trying to crank out projects. And then my videographers were young, so they still had their ambitions. One went to Syracuse, which is, if you don't know about Syracuse and their broadcasting department, it's one of yeah, the best in the world. So I'm not going to tell him to not go because of me. Like, brother, go do your thing because when we meet up again, both of us will be yeah. way better to work for each other then. So it kind of tapered off, and that's when I kind of started, like, because I learned so much, like, all right, let me see what's available in, like, Gainesville, bro, because nothing else is in, like, no media outlet is really in Gainesville. Let me see what I can put down in Gainesville, take all the stuff I've learned, because now I'm starting to learn. I'm following people like Lil Duval and Slim Thug, and I'm like, man, these, these dudes live, like, he live in Texas, he live in, like, Atlanta or whatever, Duval, whatever, back and forth. And they just travel. Yeah. And they just use the power of the internet and social media to like, you know, they get their shows, they do their shows, and they gotta spend all this money in New York. Hmm. hmm. Let me see what I, let me see if I can swing that in Gainesville just on a smaller scale to start. So I told myself it was I think August like August twelfth, right? I was like, Hey now I still got the Facebook status somewhere. I put a Facebook status August twelfth, twenty seventeen. If I'm gonna get a job at Magic and I'm gonna move home and start up south there. And then a year to the date, I, I, like I remember that. Yeah, a year to the yeah. date, I got hired at Magic. Yeah. And that's how that started. Um, and that's when up south started, like that's when I had a, a, enough income to start putting money into the ideas, the events, the podcast, the, all that kind of, the equipment, all that yeah. stuff. So I just was like saving money, saving money, saving money, saving money. And then I was going to Amazon, need this, Guitar Center, need this. Okay, I need to make this better. It was a lot of trial and error, because when we do the podcast with Doug, um, he bought the wrong mixer at first. Yeah. And you know, he felt like bad about it. I'm like, no, bro, this is how we learn. This is how we figure this, this, how we figure this stuff yeah. out. Because I need this mic, I want it to sound better. What kind of mics is gonna let me sound like this? Let me go get that. What is this gonna sound like? Whatever, whatever. So we were just cranking, we were just cranking. And the ADHD show, I, I've always had that idea. It started as a vlog first. Then I wanted to turn it into a like a streaming radio show, like a podcast radio show weekly that you could listen to and play independent music. But I had status on there and I had a friend of mine, Nikki, and just doing that everybody's doing so much, it's hard to get that consistent content. And you need to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So that kind of fizzled out. So I brought my boy Carter in. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I just, cause I just know we're funny together. So I knew it would make for some kind of compelling content. So I kind of got rid of the music idea and just was like, let me just focus on the content. Mm-hmm. And we just started talking and had the guests on. And then who came one day as a guest? Because I was like, oh, we got a rapper friend. Let's bring the rapper friend. Yeah. And and we spent like two hours just roasting each other for the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, just thinking. I was thinking it. And then Carter texted me and was like, you think, you think Evan would do the, the uh, podcast like every week? I was like, I don't know, bro. Like, I was thinking he should because we all, we've known each other since the sixth grade. Yeah. We've closely known each other since sixth grade. 
So I was like, all right, cool. Let me text him. Can't hurt to ask. So I was like, yo, you want to do the podcast with us? He was like, yeah, bro, I was going to ask you, but I ain't want to. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, because we've known each other since 12. So obviously, we're all yeah. kind of thinking the same thing. So there was three of us, three of us and duh. Yeah. And we got one more friend who, who grew up with us as well. He moved back from Memphis to help his father. We both work at a radio station now. And um, he came to visit, and he started having opinions on stuff. And because he's one of the homies, bought an extra mic. It's all the right. Dub got his his uh, his studio set up and we're off to the races. I was super hesitant at first because I didn't want um I didn't want them to not be consistent because I was so used to people not being consistent because I'm all everybody's like oh this is cool man but I'm like hey it's gonna be days you ain't gonna come gonna come in I don't want to hear that because we got to be consistent straight up. But the thing about the ADHD show is that we look forward to it like we text each other in our group all day about random stuff all the time. Yeah. So I think that feeds into it. And at first it was rocky, like, cause you know, working with friends, you know, they kind of, you know, and they've never been around, yeah. they've never done media before. So I'm like, what y'all hear is cool, but there's structure to it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we can content what we content cause we, it's natural for us, but we gotta be on time. Yeah. You gotta place your, you gotta talk into the mic. You gotta do this. You got like, so I'm feeding them this. And as time goes on, they're getting it. To where I ain't got to tell them as much. All right, cool. Now they're talking to the mic. You know what I mean? Now they're not like, they're understanding we got an audience. So they're speaking in a broader sense. Like it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Now we still, you know, get what we get to, but yeah. they're starting to get it now because we, mm -hmm. consistency, because it's day in and day out. Uh, it's been a year actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, a solid year. We've been rocking. I, I didn't even know about the, uh, about the edit. So I, I started looking into it. I was like, Oh, I got to know about this. Yeah. I seen it. Uh, I was looking it up the other night. Mm -hmm. I'm just going, going on your stuff. I'm like, hey, these show. And I'm like, then I seen y'all the, the picture of y'all yeah. with the shirts. I'm like, let me go check that out, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, them boys been rocking it. Yeah. Been yeah. Minute. It's like, for, for one, I suck at looking at stuff. So yeah. when we do an episode, like Dub will record it and, and, and edit it and give it to me. And I'll post it. I'll post it, put the description do the cover art. Once it's up and I yeah. share it, it's a wrap. I'm planning for the next one. Yeah. What they're good at doing is they keep talking about it. Yeah. Like, Hoove and Carter are good at just talking about it. All, hey, we do a podcast, girl, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Me, because I got so many things going on, Yeah. I ain't looking at who listening. I ain't looking at it. So they'll text me like, yo, such and such said, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, for real? Like, yeah, bro, people listen to us. Yeah. I'm like, for real? Like, cause I don't look at no stats. I'm, yeah. we just cranking. Cause me personally, I don't feel like where I see us going, we're nowhere close. Yeah. But people are starting to like catch on. So the t-shirts came about like, like that, like who like made us t-shirts one day. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh man, t-shirts. But I know how that goes. So I've done yeah. merch before. Everybody <laughs> say they want shirts. Yeah. And when come time to pay, whatever the case may be, they yeah. ain't gonna pay. So <laughs> we gonna do, we doing our merch. For all y'all, we're doing merch, but we're doing it right. We put yeah. the structure behind it. We're not just going to print out t-shirts and sell them. But that's how that came about. And it was kind of like organic. And once I saw the, the you know, how natural it was, I just kind of let it go. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. And because I got that, you know, I've already had my events I do or the other ideas I got um, that's working. The hardest thing had, was, at first, coming across people to be consistent. 
Yeah. Every idea sounds cool, but ain't many people consistent. You know what I mean? That's why I do so much work with Blazing. That's why I do so much work with Dub. It's consistent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know, like a lot of, I was, when I came back, I was giving game to everybody. Hey, bro, bro, I, went, I was in New York, I was in Jersey. Hey, this is how we do this is how they do it. We can do that. You can do this on a smaller level and then scale it up like people did. Bro, I'm telling you, because I'm coming across, I'm coming across people from Montana, people from uh, New Mexico, people from Nevada, people from South Carolina, people from Tennessee, these small little whatever Williston's town yeah. and they moved to New York and their idea is, is scaled up. They're at Sundance Film Festival showing their movie that they helped produce or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. And then they're like, and they're telling me, I want to do this back home. You know what I mean? I can always fly to New York, but I'm doing this to go back home. So I'm like, Damn, let me let me see if I can make that happen, bro. If I can do that in Gainesville, yeah. Even if I have to move somewhere and I'm I can be based in Gainesville some some kind of way, it's gonna show everybody that is is different, bro. We there's another avenue we can go. We, there's something we're missing. You know what I mean? Something that we ain't seeing. Mm-hmm. That these artists aren't seeing, like. Cool, you rap. What? A, how you gonna get it from point A to point B? You don't know that process. I I know something about that process because I've seen it go from this. When I tell you, I've watched like, for instance, Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap is from Patterson, New Jersey, and the school, the JUCO, the junior college I went to, is up there as well. I used to watch this man in the gym rapping with his friends, bro. Like he didn't go to the school. He just in there rapping, right? Two years later, he comes out with Trap Queen. I've, so I've seen that progression. You know what yeah. I mean? The J. Coles, that, that's like close. I'm watching that closely. So I'm like, dang, we could like, the difference is, everybody's always talking about, yo, no artist from Gainesville has blown yet. The difference is because there's no way to get from point A to point B. Yeah. So I came back to try to kind of create that. And the, one of the only people that have, that like has actually listened, like artist-wise, is Blazer. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah, see, you can see a difference in what. And Blazer will tell me all the time, bro. Blazer, it almost makes me uncomfortable, but I understand that he has to do this. Like he'll come to me and be like, "Bro, you was right." Like, bro, thank you, bro, for all this. Like, all this. Because when I first met, when I first got, you know, when we first started talking on that, I gave it to him straight. You ain't doing nothing, like, yeah. bro. I'm telling you, I'm seeing these dudes in their areas, bro, and they, they are making it happen. You ain't doing nothing, bro. You don't, you ain't got the structure to make it. And yeah. he ain't like it at first until he started putting some energy into it and he kind of trying to, he, he started seeing doors open up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, why you ain't got this kind of merch? Yeah. Why you won't do it? Why you won't do it? Th- I know you want to do it this way, but let's take that and then stretch it and see what we can like pull from. And... I, once I showed him, like, or, you know, just, and I don't want to make it seem like, you know, like, I'm big brother or whatever. It's just like, no, it's a conversation we had because that's my guy. Yeah. So he'll have an idea, and I'm like, okay, you got that idea. Now, let's literally, like, spread it apart. Let's dissect all of it. Like, you know that, this is the scene on Iron Man where he messing with his holographic yeah. stuff, and he hit a button, and it spread, and he pulling this. Let's yeah. do that. Let's, let's, you got this concept, let's pull that concept out. Because that's what I do with Up South. I want to do merch. Okay, cool. I want to do 
whatever, whatever merch is. Take the word merch, spread it out. Mm-hmm. All right, what do I wear first? I love socks. Let me start with something small like socks. Who do yeah. socks? Now I can research who do socks. Nobody? Who? Cool. Let's do socks. Yeah. All right, let's look at something else. Nobody really do like, like shorts. Oh, snap. Socks. Shorts. Mm-hmm. What colors do we wear here? Whatever. You know what I mean? So it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, well, up south, all I really do is, is spread each concept out and because you can get more out of it that way, I feel. Mm-hmm. And when Blazel kind of took that concept, it, you start hearing the change in his music, his confidence, the way he was dressing, the way he was maneuvering. Who The biggest thing I saw was who he was tolerating. Yeah. Because when you, we get so caught up in wanting to do stuff for the love, and I get it, but when people not getting, that receiving the love, yeah. keep it moving. That way they can, it, they might say, hey, bro, you don't never do nothing for, you right, I don't do nothing for you, because I tried, yeah. and you know, like, I'm good at, I'm, I don't care. If, <laughs> if you're yeah. not with me on what I'm trying to do, or we're not with together, it's a wrap. And if I have one bad experience, I'm not coming back to you no more. Like, we're not working. Because I, I can figure it out on my own. Because I have. Yeah. Would it be cool to, like, bring you in on this? Yeah, sure. But if you don't got that same drive, I can't. I'm not babysitting you. And Blazel's one person I can honestly say, like, I'll, I give him a concept, he'll take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even even more so than I would. Like, there's some times where he's like, hey, y'all want to go, y'all want to put some money in on this with me? And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, let's. Let's figure that out. I come back two weeks later. He like, bro, I had to just go ahead and order it. Yeah. Hey, how can I help? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that you want it. I wasn't ready. You was. That's how the business goes. Supply and demand. That's real. So I just, you know, try to. I used to try to give so much game to people that I've just picked up, and you know, people. It's it's been falling on deaf ears. So I kind of just give it to who keeps asking me for it. Yeah. And apply it to myself. That's real. That's where, and, and I learned that type of stuff just from being in ministry Yeah, for almost the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I used to be so just, like you say, man, I got this. Let's, man, I got I got to a point now to where I'm, man, if I see a person that ain't really on that like that, and they ain't, they're, not, they're not paying attention, mm-hmm. and they're almost like wasting my time, man, bro, listen, I done told you. I done gave you this, gave you that. Man, I, at some point, I got to take my hands off. Yeah. Because now I feel like I'm a hindrance yeah, to exactly. where you're going. Maybe if I take my hands off you, you just might get it, bro. Mm-hmm. So I take that, and that's, I'm talking about in ministry, is, that's, and that's just dealing with lives, you know, yeah. dealing with, you know, helping people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, it can get tiring, but... It's very important when to know when to take your hands yeah. off. Yeah. So when I, when I really look at that that aspect of it, it's so I think it's just so important to understand that when to take your hand off, when to keep your hand on. Some people are literally not worth the time. Yeah. You know, and now that I'm coming into this space, I've had people, you know, like you say, I mean, I done tried to get together with certain people. Man, I've had people just Literally, bro, and this is something that I still just don't understand. It's like you say you wanna you wanna get together with me, you wanna do this, you wanna do that. And then you leave me all the way home mm-hmm. until like the day when you don't even show up. I'm like, 
or they might go to school, might not. But if they do, let's just let's take that part out and make sure he's held in this highlight so he can walk with his head high and say the locker room talk to the guys. Because you need that stuff. So yeah, I think I think media has a, a, a very big negative impact. Um, I think they thrive off of it. Especially they thrive off the trauma of black people about yeah. If I'm not I've never watched another statement. Yeah. Never watched that statement ever. I think the last one I saw was Antebellum, and I asked if my girlfriend wanted to watch it, and he did not know it was slavery. Yeah, I ain't even watched it. It just looked like the same thing. Yeah, but she's into that sci fi, that suspense stuff. As soon as it came on, I, I zoned out. Yeah. I'm, I'm over the slave movies, I'm over the trauma. Um, respect to Tyler Perry, but I'm over the I can do better all by myself movies. Like, I'm, I'm over it. Black people are more than just trauma in the ghetto or slaves. Love, laugh, and talk. You know I mean, that's why I like movies like ATL or even Friday. You know, I mean, it's putting a different spin on anxiety and trauma that comes from living in the hood. You know, what I mean, like I enjoy. That's why I like Harlem Nights and Boomerang. Yeah. All all these movies that paint us in different positions. You know, what I mean, positions of power, positions of wealth, positions of love, positions of fun. You know, what I mean, we're a people. We're, we're prideful people. We're not just all slaves and, and civil rights movies. I've never watched another civil rights movie <laughs> ever in my life. Yeah. I think the last one I saw was Selma. Yeah. That's, I, for what? Like, I already know what happened. This country has a history of it. I'm good. I'm cool on the police brutality movies. I'm cool on all the trauma. Yeah. I don't want to feed my mind that. I don't want that in my subconscious. Um, you know what I mean? That's real. That's like we, we can be action heroes. Bad Boys Three is is great. Like, yeah. Fine. You know what I mean? We we can we can do sci-fi. We can do horror films. I'm not even a horror film person, but I watch a horror film if if they got nothing to do with you know marrying white people and being like <laughs> I'm over it. I'm just over it, man. Yeah. But see, I think that's I, I think that's a good way to look at it because. Some people don't understand the, they don't understand the effects of allowing that stuff just continuously, continue. I'm real specific with my kids yeah. about certain things. Uh, we ain't doing that anymore. We ain't, no, yeah. we ain't, we not looking at certain things. I don't want y'all listening to certain things because more and more, like you say, you start, like you keep looking at these slavery movies, you start believing that yeah. stuff, you start, Thinking that way, like, I'm always on my kid. Man, I'm so specific with that stuff because I'm like, I don't want them to grow up feeling the way that I feel. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's why I like, I, when I started the podcast, I wanted to highlight, you know, that's all you see all over the media all the time. This dad ain't here doing this. And it's like, okay, I understand. I mean, I, I grew up with an absent dad, yeah. you know, but that don't mean that that's all to see like man i know too many good dads exactly. out there. so i said man you know what with the with this podcast i'm gonna highlight all of these great dads that i know that are doing great things you know show that man this man out here that's regular got regular old jobs they work in warehouses you know they work construction you know but then there's dads on your on your end you know media taking it Trying to do all types of things, you know, no dads that play sports, yeah. no dads that 
Yeah, all types of things. And that's and that's my thing too. Like I'm super big on representation for my daughter because she's half Dominican. So the Afro Latina thing is gonna run prevalent in her. So she watches. She loves to watch uh, Blue's Clues. Yeah. And uh, um, Coco Melo. Yeah. Right. So I watch them now just to be able to keep up with the songs and so I can sing to her when we're on Facetime. Uh, but I asked her, uh, her mother. Like, ain't no white people in this. I ain't no people of color in this. Yeah. And I, I don't think it clicked to her because it come because in a child form, like, I'm like, no representation. That's the thing. And I think it woke her up because she sent me because uh, we started, you know, having conversations about it, and then she sent me a um, like cover art or a flyer or something of some show that's like Coco Melon, but they they have like people of color in it. Like, remember we're talking about this? This is cool. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I, exactly what I'm talking about. We can be cartoon characters. We can be voice actors. Like, we, you know, I just don't want her to see, you know, and it's nothing against white people because, I mean, if I'm being honest, I am in an interracial relationship. Yeah. But my girl's the first one to tell you, no, we need some representation. Straight up. You know, because that's something that was prevalent in our getting to know each other. Like, I, I, I can't understand you as a black man. I understand the plight, though. Never gonna question if you, if you come to me and say, "Hey, we, I think these people are being racist." We are gonna look at that first, and if it's not that, I'm gonna tell you. But if it is that, we're gonna handle that accordingly. So, comes to my daughter, it's the same. I don't want you just seeing sunny skies and songs attached to just white folks. Yeah, All right. white people do have a good time. Yeah, but so do we. Yeah, and we have a great time. Yeah. Uh, we, we can put on Frankie yeah. Beverly or, or whatever electric slide. You need to know that. Yeah. And then you have the Hispanic side as well, the Latino side. You need to know that. They're very private people too. They have a lot of similarities. So I, I, I can't stress enough to want her to see that. Like, it's cool to watch people. I'm not saying I'm not going to be that bad. I'm not going to yeah. be the, oh, you know, black people going to take it off. No, but I'm going to be, you want to watch this. Yeah. In addition to watching this, Let's watch this as well. So let's yeah. figure that out. So that's we're trying to keep that, that representation strong. That's why this um, election was kind of powerful. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I'm not big on politics. I don't care. I do know one thing, though, is that my daughter would never have grown up. She would grow up and never have not known a black president, yeah. a black vice president, and a woman vice president. Yeah. And you, like, you, yeah. have, you have representation to go after you. Now, you can get into what they've done or whatever the case Having that representation is a little different. Now in, now in history books, I can look at her and see that. Yeah, because when we was growing up, we didn't know the history books were flying. When we found out, we took it to our parents and grandparents. They're like, no, it's in the book. It must be true. Mm-hmm. Now, I can, like, if Obama and Kamala is not in that book, I can talk to her. And if she ever questions me what's in that book, no, babe, baby girl, like, look, like, yeah. number 44 right. is right here. You know, the vice president, 46, is right there. Like, that's that's history embedded. I don't care what's in that book. This is what really happened. That's real. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it makes it a little better to have that conversation with you. So that's real, man. If you can take everything that you know right now mm-hmm. and give the 18-year-old Ardell any type of just one piece of advice, what would it be? You know, I think about that often. 
Because I think we all have some regrets with the decisions we made. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest one would have just been like F everybody else. Because I, that's why I joined the military, that's why I went to school to play basketball. Basketball was cool, but it was always like, go get education. You know what I mean? I'm not telling nobody not to get education, but it's just something within me that was like, nah, bro, this ain't my path. This, this ain't what I'm supposed to do, but I know it's the safest way. My grandma did this. So that's what up, and I tell you what, bro, once I started doing that, just saying effort, have a level of effort, things just kind of took off. Like, opportunities came up. Nowhere, bro. Like meeting different people and interviewing different people and getting advice from, and running into the right person just to give me that spark to go find information I need for something. Like all that came because I stopped worrying about what other people wanted me to do. So if 31 year old AD can talk to 18 year old AD, bro, do what you want to do now. Starting now. If I was started at 18, I'd be Nick Cannon, just less horny. Like. I'd be the mogul that I, I'm going to be in, in the next 10 years. Um, but everything, you know, all in his, his, his timing. So I would definitely just be like, bro, whatever you're feeling, you're feeling that for a reason. Just go for it. If it don't work out, it don't work out. You'll still be young enough to figure it out. Straight up. That's real, man. That's real. So um, there's any young dad out there listening right now, what would you give them? Consistency, bro. Consist First of all, everything in life revolves around consistency. Uh, time is consistent. It's, it's nighttime right now. It's going to be daytime tomorrow. It's going to be nighttime after that. Right. You know that's going to be consistent. Be consistent in your child's life. I don't care. I understand people got some, you know, baby mom from hell. I understand that. Whatever you can do within your limitations, be there, bro. Because it's going to come a time where as you, as I, kids grow up and they want to have understanding. And if you're consistent, you're going to be around and give them the understanding. It's going to wake them up. Damn, maybe my mama wasn't the best person. She could have been a good mom, but maybe she was, maybe she was wrong for forcing my dad to be awake. Because you can start pulling records. You can start lighting. But you got to be consistent. The, 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 damn, your mama didn't want me to see you, so I ran off and whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's gonna come off a little bit. Like, I'm, like I said, me and my child mother don't have that that, that problem because she's not that kind of person. But I, in my mind, I'm just like, I know one day she's gonna grow up and she's gonna ask, hey, why are you waiting around so much? Why are you so busy? Whatever, whatever. Because I don't want that to be. So once I get to a point where we're traveling the world doing upsell, hey, you're out of school, come with me. Yeah. Let's, let's take a trip this summer. I want you to see the world, be cultured, experience other things, be worldly. So by the time you're 18, you're not coming to me like, damn, why do you travel so much? Because you've seen it since six, seven years old. But that consistency is key. So I know like, even with COVID, like, yeah, I, I, took, some, I took some monetary losses during COVID. You know what I mean? Uh, her mother's job was able to keep her afloat. And her mother's always like, her mother's a strong believer in no amount of money can for you being there for your child. Um, and don't get it mistaken, I ain't gonna be out here not for helping thrive. Yeah. But I do understand I do understand that she understands that with the global pandemic, if I lose my job, my consistency rate is gonna go super high because I got the time to be there. Hell, if 
I God forbid, if that happened, I might just go camp out there for a couple of months just to get that experience before I got to come back. You know what I mean? So any young father out there, or young father, or a father who just maybe coming into their kid's life for whatever reason, be consistent, bro. And that's why it's so good that it's so dope that you do this, because you paint us in a different light. You know what I mean? You paint us, and, and you see people, like you said, dads from all walks of life. You know what I mean? Now, granted, you know, I know what I do, I may end up being more popular than the warehouse dad. I'm not more important than him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So for the fathers that are taking care of their kids, they're taking care of somebody else's kids. Right. That's, that's a dad that's too. A lot of stuff. Consistency is key, and that's why this, like this show, like this is why I came back to Gainesville, bro, to like see or like spark something. Because I may not have, and I'm not gonna say I'm the catalyst for all this, but I do know that if somebody was is gonna make a documentary about media in Gainesville, or yeah. culture in Gainesville, or whatever in Gainesville, I'm gonna be in there somewhere, and you can't deny that. So when I see stuff like what you're doing. I'm like, dad, that's that's what that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's what's up. You know what I mean? Like we can get together and, and, and you know kick it and all that. Yeah. But nobody talks to black fathers. Nobody talks about black men really. It's all we get we get bashed. So I be on Twitter all the time, bro. We get bashed <laughs> all day long. And just to have some kind of positive spin on things. You know, that's why the ADHD show is so important. Because here's five black men. I, one with a kid, one that's married, uh, two that's look like they're about to get in a relationship, and one that's single, all walks of life. One that's, you know, works during the day as a sound engineer, one that's fully intermediate, two that have, one that can do hair and is all into fashion, and one that has a job working in the medical field, and one does the, the marketing and, and business right at the radio station. Like, it's, yeah. we come from different walks of life. We all grew up together, so get to see black men in a different light. And we're not on there putting black men down. Right. I mean, we, like I said, we're going to roast each other because we've known each other since since the sixth and seventh grade. Yeah. But you get to see us in a different light. You know what I mean? You get to see us not just have to talk about all the BS in the world and defend ourselves. And that's what's so cool about this, where a dad can come on here and just talk. You know what I mean? We don't really get our point of view heard a lot. You know what I mean? The mother gets the point of view. I'm not taking nothing away from moms, because y'all are amazing, but a lot of times, like, kids need their fathers. Just as much as they need their mothers. You know what I mean? It's just in a different way. You know what I mean? My, and my, you know, my child's mother reminds me of that all the time. You know I mean? It's not like I forget, but it's just like, yeah, I know you're doing your thing. Just remember that she needs you. I'm like, yeah. Like, as long as you know that, yeah. I'm good. I'm not going to not be it. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not ever not... You can send me all the pictures, you can tag me in all the pictures, you can, you know, whatever the case may be, dad dad, she does a good job of saying my name around her, dad dad or AD or whatever, yeah. sending me little snaps, little pictures and all that. Send me all that, I want all that, yeah. you know what I mean, all that. If I gotta live through technology right now, yeah. sacrifice I'm willing to make, which is something the Army prepared me for, yeah. because one day she's gonna be like three or four or five, and it's not gonna be FaceTime. It's gonna be like, you know what? I wanna see my daughter. Let me hop this flight. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wanna go to LA. Let me let me take her with me. Yeah. It's, it's, she's gonna know that life. You know what I mean? So 
Consistency is key, bro. Consistency is key to everything. So fatherhood ain't no different. Be consistent. No matter what type of father you are, be consistent. That's it. That's real. And it's so funny that most guys, when I ask them that question, they say the same thing. So it must be something to it. <laughs> because you probably the fifth, sixth person that yeah. said the same thing. And it's so true. You know, consistency is really, I mean, your consistency is almost like your word. You know, yeah. you say you're going to be, your word is all yeah. you have. Yeah, yeah. It's, bro, it's so much that go into that, bro. Like, I know I'm the first line of defense when it comes to my daughter. I know I'm the first person she's going to, first man she's going to grow to love. Like, it's so much that involves consistency. And if I'm not there in those moments, or if I'm not at least present, some presence of some sort in those moments, then I don't ever want her to have to say, well, I had to go find it from some other man. Right. Like, no. And then when she gets older, she's going to value a man with consistency. Because yeah. that's, the, that's the boyfriend that's going to get my respect. Because I already know she's going to grow up and she's going to be beautiful. You know what I mean? So I already know God's going to be out there. And I got to explain. Right. And when I put the, that consistent pressure on you, mm -hmm. I just be the one. Yeah. And if he consistently coming around, if he consistently respectful, if he consistently yeah. treats you right, if, I'm a griller, but if yeah. he can consistently right. get, if he can consistently <laughs> get you to grilling, yeah. this might be a man for you. Right. Yeah, and then if it's not, then it's not. But you knew that he was consistent in all what he was saying. Right. That's the way the world works, man. That's real. Man. Well, we gonna wrap this one up, man. I definitely appreciate you, man. No problem, man. No problem at all. I always say, man, dad, can we talk? I mean, I put it out for everybody else, yeah. but it be for me. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm a listener, man. I'm, I'm an avid podcast listener, so I love listening to people talk. I do yeah. it all day. I be at work, got the earbuds in. Yeah. I be in a whole other world just listening to people talk because I like to hear other people's experience. Heard, you know, uh, and receive that wisdom, man. And, you know, this is everything I knew it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I knew. Uh, when, when I brought you on, this is gonna be what, what I was gonna be getting, man. A lot of uh, a lot of experience, man. You yeah. know, uh, bro. Like I say, I, I definitely admire you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Everything that you're doing, man. I wanna I wanna continue to stay close to you. Bro. Of course, bro. Like, and and uh, I know before we go, like I admire you too, bro. Like you married with you married with the family. You know what I mean? I'm not there yet. Yeah. I that I don't know nothing about yeah. that. I just learned how to just learn how to be a father. So yeah. there'll be times when I hit you up, bro, like, hey, how do you navigate these waters? How do you navigate these waters? And you may not be able to relate wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, but you'll be able to be like, this is what I did. I can take that and apply it in my direction. So like I said, this is why it's super dope. Because, you know what I mean, fatherhood, to be fatherhood is dope. Like you see, my child's mother does a great job of keeping me girl dad up. Yeah. So I'll wear my shirt proudly, my hats. All that stuff. I'm not in the fedora. I'm usually in my my daddy cap. Yeah. Uh, t-shirt. I got t-shirts galore. First Father's Christmas. So all that stuff. <laughs> so, man, this is good. Man, this is dope, man. So, like I said, you admire me. I admire you just as much because you know it's a lot of brothers who didn't stick. You know, stay that course and you stay the course. And as we're watching, as I'm watching the family walk into the house now, so that's super dope. Man. Well, all my listeners out there, man, y'all continue to stay tuned. Uh, I got my man Blaze L on next week, so uh, we're going to be popping, man. I'm definitely ready for that, too. But uh, y'all continue to stay tuned, man. Dad, can you talk?
without noticing you couldn't take it. It ain't your fault me 